0: Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. This episode marks the beginning of Season 3 of the podcast. Now that we've covered prehistoric and ancient art, we are finally moving into the medieval world. This is a diverse period that covers about a thousand years of history, so I'm going to do my best to cover it in only a five-episode season. The major reason for this change was the rise of Christianity. It started as a small offshoot of Judaism and quickly spread throughout the world. One of the earliest centers was Rome, where today's piece is located. In the Catacombs of Priscilla, there is a room, or cubiculum, filled with paintings. One of them depicts Christ as the Good Shepherd and will be the podcast topic for today. It dates from around the 3rd to 4th century CE, making it one of the earliest depictions of this motif. To learn more about this piece and early Christianity, then keep on listening. Due to its location in the dome of the cubiculum, this work has a circular composition. In the center, we see a young, beardless, toga-wearing Christ. He is a slight contrapposto pose. For more details on the nuances of Contrapposto, make sure to check out the episode on Credio's Boy. These elements all point to an artist that was trained in the classical Roman style. In fact, there are many examples of slightly earlier or concurrent works of Apollo that have similarities to this painting of Christ. There are two goats on either side of Christ. Behind them are two trees with doves sitting on top. This was a detail that the artist added to show that the scene was occurring outside in nature. In addition, doves were a traditional symbol of hope. It was a dove that carried back a branch after the Great Flood, showing that waters had receded and land was near in the Old Testament. Combined, the scene would have told early Christians to have hope and faith because Christ would guide them through any storm. The city of Rome was one of the earliest hotspots for the development of Christianity. After the crucifixion of Christ, around 33 CE, two important figures left the Holy Land and traveled to the Italian peninsula. Peter, often considered the first apostle, had walked with Christ and focused most of his ministry on converting Jews. Once in Rome, he became the first pope. Peter was martyred in 66 CE on the orders of Emperor Nero. The second figure is Paul, born Saul in the city of Tarsus. He never actually met Jesus in life. However, a vision of Christ converted him and he focused on preaching to the Gentiles. He was also martyred in the late first century in Rome. At first, Christianity was a small offshoot of Judaism. It honestly didn't attract much attention, especially from the authorities. But soon, its message spread. It offered salvation and a personal relationship with the divine. For a population that was used to oppression and no guaranteed access to divinity, this was an absolute game-changer. Unfortunately, Christianity was not given the same protection as Judaism, which forced adherents underground into catacombs. As mentioned earlier, this painting is located in a room in the catacombs of Priscilla. It was used from around the 2nd century through the 4th century CE, and is named for the wife of Consul Manulus Achilles Galabrio. They were killed on the orders of Emperor Domitian for practicing Christianity. The catacombs are about 10 miles long, and in some places up to three stories deep. In Rome, and the surrounding area, it is built on tufa, a soft volcanic rock that could be easily dug out. That's why the site was able to be so expansive. It's important to note that the Catacombs of Priscilla is one of about 40 similar sites throughout the city. In addition, they are not a unique Christian invention. We also see them in Etruscan and Jewish history. In the Catacombs of Priscilla, archaeologists have discovered around 40,000 burial sites. This is most likely because a number of early Christian saints and popes were buried here, in fact, some of Rome's most beloved saints were laid here to rest before being moved to their own churches once Christianity was legalized. Their names were Praxedes and Pudentiana. They were sisters who were killed for their beliefs. In addition, St. Philomena is believed to have been buried here. She was a Greek princess allegedly killed for converting to Christianity. Finally, numerous early popes were buried here as well. Pope Marcialinus, Pope Marcellus I, Sylvester I, Stephen I, and Pope Dionysus are among those who called this their final resting place. By having so many important holy figures in one place, it's no wonder that early Christians wanted to be buried there as well. One of these burial chambers has been dubbed by archaeologists as the Cubiculum of the Veiled Woman. It is one of the most richly decorated rooms in the catacombs. This indicates that it was built by a wealthy family. Besides the Christ as a good shepherd work, there is also a scene of Abraham sacrificing Isaac, This was seen as the Old Testament companion to God sacrificing his son Jesus for humanity's sins. There were also several peacocks painted on the walls. These are traditional symbols of immortality. The Cubiculum gets its name from the second largest, after Christ is the Good Shepherd, painting. It features the same woman in three different stages of her life. On the left, she is being married to her husband by a priest. On the right, she is holding her newborn child. Finally, in the center, she stands worshiping. This post is called Orant by Art Historians. Although her name has been lost to history, it is clear that she was loved and had a deep connection to her faith. Next, I'm going to discuss how images fit into early Christianity. But first, we are going to take a quick ad break. we are back, let's dive into more about images. Unlike pagan religions, there is a specific law banning the use of images in both Judaism and Christianity. It may be found in Exodus 24 and reads, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. These images, specifically that of Christ as a good shepherd, seem to come into direct conflict with that. However, The early Christians did not believe that these were graven images. They were simple representations that aided in the contemplation of the divine. Christ as the Good Shepherd was one of the most popular of these representations. It can be found in two places in the Bible, Psalm 23 and John 10, 1-21. Jesus was always looking out for his people, the sheep. He protected them and eventually sacrificed himself for them. But it was also a great way for early Christians to disguise their paintings of Christ. Images of shepherds were common throughout the Roman Empire, and an average citizen would likely be unable to tell the difference. Early Christians also used other images to symbolize their faith. This not only kept them in line with the Second Commandment, but it helped protect them from Roman authorities. Some of these devices were an anchor, symbolizing salvation, the Greek letters Alpha and Omega, the end and the beginning, and the fish. This symbol was twofold. Not only did it represent Christ as the fisher of men, a common term, But the Greek word for fish is ichthys. Early Greek Christians used this as an acrostic poem to spell out Jesus Christ, Son of God. These symbols all formed a secret language of sorts that was used until Constantine legalized Christianity in 313 CE. This painting of Christ as the Good Shepherd is not only one of the earliest images we have of him, but also a rich treasure trove of information about the early days of the religion. It helped art historians to understand how iconography developed and how Christians understood the divine. Make sure to tune in next week when I discuss a beautiful piece of insular art, the Lindisfarne Gospels. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.